Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. My name is Daniel Morgan and today I'm joined live by Poojix from Canada. Hey there, my man. How's it going? Everything's awesome. How are you? I am doing wonderful. And guess what? We have Ahmad back for the second part of our wonderful space episode. Ahmad, buddy, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing terrific. And of course, we got all back here today again to discuss the second part of the podcast that we left off a few weeks back, which was about space life, space exploration, and of course, a lot of other things. Before we go any further, though, I just heard some story about uh, the U.S. Space Force and how the world of politics might change from now and using uh, basically space. So anybody here knows about the exact details of the story? Yeah, well, so Trump was talking about uh, creating another uh, government entity taking care of uh, anything space related, uh, say uh, safety, space safety, space, you know, uh, uh, when you want to send shuttles into space. So you would basically uh, coordinating with the Air Force, of course. But then uh, there, there's an entity that is taking care of all of that. It's not just about like having actual fights into space. Actually, that's not part of it, although they uh, the name they gave it, Space Force, has a wrong connotation in that sense. But uh, I mean, it could be that too. But uh, the idea is more co- conclusive. Uh, it includes a lot of other stuff as well. Interesting. So uh, I've heard that uh, the wars of the future centuries, based upon what we have uh, basically read in some books recently, will be mainly about things like water and food and very simple things. Uh, but of course, space will somehow change uh, and alter this uh, political dynamic quite radically. So let me move on first to a mod here. Uh, we've already discussed uh, a lot of the issues in our first part regarding uh, life on other planets. And of course, I should tell you that I'm already disappointed because as a huge fan of uh, basically things like Star Wars, Star Trek, and of course my favorite Mass Effect uh, basically franchise, I've always been a huge fan of just getting on my ship and like literally going to some distant Andromeda or some cool, you know, planets basically in the Milky Way or whatever it is. So uh, you mentioned, of course, you ruined all of my fantasies uh, on our last episode saying that that is basically just fiction. it is not real, and the big, there are so many challenges, and the time that it takes uh, to take uh, somehow to go to other planets will be a lot. So despite all that you mentioned, now let's t- uh, dive into this whole notion of Space Force first before we address the other issues. Uh, what do you think about uh, the political aspects of life, uh, basically, in the space and on other planets for the current governments on Earth? Well, see, life has already been in space. Like I mentioned before as well, and as we all know, people live on the International Space Station. And that is a very, very good example of a triumph of politics and diplomacy in general, just because of the fact that so many countries got together, especially the two two of the world's uh, biggest powers who hate each other, essentially, and they're collaborating together to go into space. This notion of a space force brings in a bigger problem um, that now people will be focusing on fighting in space which is something that we don't want we already have people fighting on the ground we already have people fighting um, in the airs uh, through air forces through armies and now it is opening up another domain which was until now which was very peaceful people were coexisting peacefully over there it was a very nice mesh of um of international collaboration in general. But now that it is being politicized, 
at least a little bit. Uh, at least the starting has, uh, at least it has started, I should mm-hmm. say. It's going to bring a bunch of problems politically with, uh, with regards to proliferation of arms in space and possibly... Um, uh, possibly very little, maybe robot warfare. Uh, oh by robot, my. I, by robot, I mean drones or sort of robots that are controlled by humans on Earth fighting against each other. Oh my! <laughs> Watch at the moment, but it it it's a very bad thing that they're now politicizing something that is that is at the moment one of our greatest triumphs as humanity altogether wow so you're saying like for example trump's gonna say we got the biggest coolest nicest good goodest looking things in the in the space with all these cool things and we're gonna shoot them all at you and putin's gonna respond like we also have a lot of great things we will we will beat your ass over there see you in mars so you're saying like literally these two countries are gonna go at it in the space and they're gonna cause violence in the space because of what exactly i mean on earth well, Most wars are fought for certain re- re- reasons, right? We have like land, we have things like resources. But what's this war going to be on? You know, in the space, what's the point of that? That's see, that's the biggest question that that everyone's asking. What's the point of a space force? And that is um, that is essentially the problem that I stated previously. That for up until now, it has been a very peaceful. Um, it has been a very peaceful mission. It has been an achievement of humanity to go to space so peacefully, to collaborate with each other, to collaborate as one big unit. But now that these sort of diffractions are being brought up, if one country says, hey, I'm going to make a space force, then their closest rival, which is Russia, they're going to say, oh, we're going to send up a space force over there. That creates tension, and tension is bound to do something. Tension is bound to this part. So even if there's nothing right now, it could light up a spark in any way possible. Uh, um, uh, let's say a, a small space fighting robot crosses a Russian, an American space fighting robot crosses a Russian space fighting robot. It could create tensions wow. for no reason. And it's just going to escalate political tension more and more and jeopardize a very, very peaceful and... Um, a very important uh, achievement of humanity. Before I move on to Pujik, so I want to ask you about one more question. Uh, are the, you know, currently the top uh, nations that are active in space, is it just the U.S. and Russia, or other nations are now also getting involved? No, there are many other nations that are involved with the ISS. Um, there's the European Space Agency. Uh, there's the Canadian Space Agency as well. There's uh, Japan. There's many other countries that are involved there's a whole list i i don't know them off the top of my um off the top of my head but i know all, nearly all of the european countries are in japan's in china's trying to do it india's trying to do it so what is so special uh, about russia and america here in this case why these two just take all the credit for it the thing is they have established infrastructures america has sent people to space and russia has sent people to space and so far those are the only two countries in the world that have sent people to space so they have really? so no other nationalities so you're saying that no other nationalities have been on uh, basically have been in the space other than americans and russians no 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 by by that what i mean is that russians and americans have sent people to space meaning that people have launched from american soil and russian soil oh. by russian soil i mean I mean, uh, USSR, Kazakhstan is sort of 
is sort of involved with interesting in interesting so, so you're saying so that the infrastructure the like these spaceships places, all of these are made in america and russia and people who are living now in space are using these things that are made in russia or in the usa Yes, previously, previously people went on the space shuttle, which was American. Uh, now people go on the Soyuz rocket, which is Russian. Um, China's working towards it. India's working towards it. Japan's working towards it. But so far, they've only met, they've 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 launched many different probes. They've launched many different rovers. They've launched those things. But as of right now, the two main countries that have sent humans to space of any nationality those are the U.S. and Russia, and that is why it's so important. Great, great point. Fantastic. So uh, we'll be back in a moment. Let's move on to Pujik. So Pujik, what is your analysis regarding the political aspect of life in space, as well as all the other ramifications, including a space force or even space wars? Yeah, I don't take a a defense or at least as defensive approach as Imad does. And I'm a little bit more in favor of it. I don't think it's a necessity now, but I think it will become a necessity later. And I don't mean... So the the part that I think is necessary to differentiate here, by space force, we don't mean actual... Necessarily, we don't mean actual force or actual army going in space, uh, whether robot or human, uh, to be stationed there. By space force, it's just a government entity. For example, you can think about Air Force. Air Force, of course, has some aspects that actually engages in warfare, but it it does a lot of other things. It it regulates commercial flights and as uh, American, uh, you know, uh, space uh, sorry, um, air air force. So when you when you fly over American soil, you have to have the permission of their air force. Basically, at, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So by that, for example, another proposal of the uh, Trump administration is that we have a lunar base, a base on the moon. And then the question begs uh, it begs the question that who's going to be running that force, uh, that base? Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be army. It's just a base. So you're extracting, uh, you know, rocks off the moon. You want to do science, but you have to maintain that base on, on the lunar surface. What entity, what government entity is going to be taking care of that? A lot of people talked about NASA, uh, but at the at the end of the day, it's on a completely different uh, celestial body. You're you're having a little bit of difficulty shoving all of this into one entity. So hence uh, the introduction of the space force. And at the end of the day, I, again, I don't think it's absolutely necessary at this point. I mean, I'm not really educated on the subject either but uh, based on the things that i hear from other experts it, it doesn't seem to be super necessary but uh, there is a good census again uh, among the um among, among a lot of the experts that actually can become super necessary very quickly it's just the connotation of the wording that they put they offered like space force it has a negative connotation exactly just warfare, yeah. So, yeah, you can change the name, but the entity could be a very good entity, actually. So, so far, you, Pujix, uh, tend to be a lot more optimistic about this whole uh, Space Force uh, thing, whereas Ahmad believes this could actually lead to some tension in the future. So, right now, let us talk about... I do about- agree that it can't... Uh, and I do agree that it can lead to tension. It doesn't just necessarily has to if it if it's played right. Well, let us just right now think of some scenarios that this could actually lead to some sort of problem down the line. So uh, what type of conflict can we expect to see if at some point, let's say the USA and Russia are going to go at it 
and they're going to actually try to start a conflict in space. So we're going to move away from basically all Middle East and, I don't know, Donetsk and all these areas, and we're going to start having a conflict between America and Russia, let's say in space. So, Umat, how will such such a conflict look like? I mean, like, is it going to be like Star Wars, like lasers moving around and the, you know, the Darth Vader's forces just come in? And, like, what's, what's going to be like? How does a space war... Because let's be honest, again, in the work, uh, work of fiction, we've seen this a lot from Star Wars, even uh, certain, uh, for example, uh, famous uh, franchises in video games like uh, Call of Duty. I'm not sure what, what it was called. Was it like uh, Advanced Warfare? I don't know exactly what it was called. But we had these things like war in space and whatever. So how do you think space war will look like if at any point it actually occurs? So the space war that you're sort of used to, the, the fictional space wars um, that we all are used to seeing um, in works of fiction, those are very, very, I would say they're very, very far from reality. Um, again, like we mentioned in the previous um, previous episode, there's many different problems with regards to how, um, how certain uh, warcrafts can be maintained in space, they can be kept in space, how gravity can be created. But that aside, little conflicts could definitely occur in space. And the one biggest thing that I can think of, and that is something that Trump actually alluded to um, when he uh, when he sort of justified the creation of the Space Force, which is that he's creating that to protect the United States' interests and the United States' uh, United States' um, uh, I would say uh, the, the things that they've put in space. And one major thing that a lot of these countries, a lot of big countries do in put in space are satellites that spy on other countries. And say mm. Russia mm. was space or send a robot in space that was meant to make defunct a satellite of the United States that they know is being used to um, spy on them. Uh, Spy on spy on Russia. Exactly. That can not only cause a that can not only cause tension up there if if the U.S. sends something and then blows up a Russian satellite um, that they use for their own telecommunications, but it could be a very big problem on Earth as well. I mean, you mentioned blow up. I mean, is that really right now? Is is like uh, that a possibility? I mean, how could they blow things up in space with the uh, you know the well, problem with the gravities and whatnot? They, it is very tough to do so at the moment. Um, however, you can send a projectile. You can you can have a projectile um, aimed in such a way that it could break something, that it could break uh, break a satellite. There's space debris everywhere, and that occasionally um, hits the International Space Station as well. If you how about actual that. explosions or like missiles? Could could they actually work as well? Like could they like use some of these things, like a missile that moves towards a spaceship and just causes a massive explosion? I don't think that would be possible. Um, Again, that's, I think that's too Call of Duty and like too Mass Effect, so fictional. I guess it doesn't seem real to me personally. Yeah, from 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 my own understanding, I don't think that would be possible just because of the fuel that would be needed to have it transport all the way up there. And second, um, the conditions that are available on Earth uh, for such explosions to occur, for such explosions to be deadly. Exactly. Uh, what, the, the, you know, the um, oxygen, that, for example, all those things, because space is a very not, different environment. It, can, it cannot be like exactly. just, uh, you cannot just think of it like a exactly. Baghdad with low gravity. <laughs> exactly. You can't, you can't think of it like that. And the last thing would be that it's it's why would you do that when you can simply 
um, when you can simply program a projectile to hit a hit a satellite, that's mm. really tough mm. to do so because you have to look at orbital mechanics. Um, and let's get however, let's get too nerdy here. How about like laser? Like how about laser weapons? Is that like a also just a work of fiction? It's not a work of fiction. That's something that is being worked upon by. Again, the United States and uh, possibly other countries as well. I'm I'm 100% sure, um, and in the form of directed energy weapons. So they're basically trying. They're basically directing a very very high um, beam of light, which is very energetic and can hurt a lot of different things. That is being worked mm-hmm. upon, um, but it isn't 100% functional, which is why we don't see it. In, we don't see it in everyday, I guess, wars. Um, that happen on Earth, we don't see them that often. Uh, but those are things that are being worked upon, not just not just visible lasers, but also X-ray lasers and um, lasers that are more that have high, lasers in electromagnetic uh, waves that are of higher frequencies as well, since those tend to be much more um, much more energetic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Let me go back to Pujiks here because you are a bit more optimistic about this issue. And of course, I know one of your personal concerns for humanity is asteroids and how they can actually hit Earth at some point. So I'm guessing that it's, uh, generally, I think you have like this calendar with like the asteroid counter or something on your uh, basically <laughs> smartphone. But the point is, if we have some, uh, let's say, uh, Space Force up there, I think that at least for you would be a good thing because, I mean, they might actually be able to fight that. But do you think uh, with our current technology, it might be actually possible to fight asteroid using a space force um we actually know we can actually with our current technology do anything if a ma- supermassive uh, asteroid is coming to wipe us out like it did 65 million years ago the uh, dinosaurs but that's a, that's my point about uh, a, an entity that is dealing with space uh, and space security so again i agree with imad in the sense that uh, the way that uh, trump administration has been trying to uh, propose this idea is a little bit aggressive on the aggressive side but it doesn't mean that is uh, completely empty of uh, good notions and one of those good notions is that you do need an entity to think about these stuff uh, during the Obama administration, there was, uh, I think, I believe in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not too sure about that, but at the uh, second term of the Obama administration, there was a sign-off by Obama himself to uh, think about a project called, uh, I believe, Asteroid Arm, that basically uh, intends to deflect asteroids if they're uh, going to come and hit uh, United States uh, the landmass anywhere that is uh, populated on the United States. So the point being, yes, such an entity actually can do a lot of research-based projects that uh, tends to. So right now, NASA has a system uh, that is tracking all the bodies around the Earth, uh, whether there are <clears throat> asteroids, uh, comets, uh, I don't know, uh, other satellites, all of them, uh, from small to to large. They are all being tracked at this point, and they can, uh, if there is any change in their trajectory they can actually know this but that's just not enough as you mentioned because if if such a thing such an asteroid is going to come towards earth then well if you can't do anything about it what good is that so but 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 one question before i go any further about this whole asteroid thing so uh, i'm not sure you mentioned if asteroid hits the u.s mainland so is it possible for the asteroid to hit the uh, hit, hit the earth and just destroy some part of it and certain countries and not the other yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so you're saying it's like a Russian likely. relay. It's like luck. So, for example, maybe uh, this uh, thing will hit Earth, but not the U.S. And like Donald Trump saying, oh, guess what? We have the walls and we just asteroid destroyed the walls. So I'm going to shut down the government unless you rebuild that wall. Something like this, right? Yeah, but that's that's very much possible. I, I, of course, I don't know what the future administration's uh, policies will be, but that's very much possible that one side of the Earth is actually, actually most likely, if it, an asteroid is going to hit, I don't think it would be so massive that it would actually impact the whole Earth. Uh, that that would be possible, but unlikely uh, in the likelihoods of the asteroids. So, yeah, that's, that's very much possible. Yeah. Interesting. So the asteroids are only going to threaten certain unlucky nations that happen to be stricken exactly at that time. Yeah, and actually recently, well, during our lifetime, asteroids have hit uh, Earth quite quite often, but they were so uh, small, or at least after entry, they, they uh, broke into pieces uh, that either they, and we have most of our surface of the Earth is actually oceans, so yeah, either hit, uh, fall on the oceans, or one uh, one time, I don't remember which country, one of the Eastern European countries, if I'm not mistaken, actually did hit the land, and people were close to the windows watching this asteroid coming down, and the impact was far away, but the, uh, the shock waves came and blasting the windows and a lot of injuries happened that way. Wow. Um, so yeah, that, that, that does happen. Yeah. And so, there, there is a... Go ahead, go ahead. Note. On that note, there is, um, there is a funny thing that I wanted to mention as well, uh, that asteroids, again, do, do come very near Earth and they explode in Earth's, or in or near Earth's atmosphere. Um, but in 2002, and this was a very important year because India and Pakistan were two countries who were, um, who were, who had a sort of standoff against each other, mm-hmm. where they built up troops near the border. And at that time, both India and Pakistan were nuclear-powered countries. And there was an asteroid uh, in 2002 that was uh, that was heading towards Earth, and it actually exploded over the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, I think it was called the Eastern Mediterranean Event. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were concerns by many different militaries around the world that if if that asteroid was to blow up either over Pakistan or India, the country, the, either one of those countries could think the other one had sort of initiated a nuclear strike against oh them. My. So they, not only are they dangerous in the sense that they could harm people, but they could actually create even more tensions uh, amongst, uh, wow. amongst countries. And is it like possible for someone to actually use like, let's say, a strong bomb or like, oh, uh, sorry, that was a stro- that was just an asteroid. We didn't do anything. Sorry, not our fault. You see, well, I, 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 it could. I mean, that that event was actually similar to power, uh, similar to similar in power to a small atomic bomb as well. Oh my I, I, gosh. I think that would be very highly unlikely, just because um, astronomical data could be uh, verified and then checked. But I don't think any country would do anything like that. So I However, think Trump cannot go into it like, oh, we just got a bomb from Russia. Let's let's press the red button. I finally have the right. It's not like So there are some data that can confirm this was, for example, an asteroid. Well, yeah. I mean, it's there's going to be a lot of data that it's an asteroid. You will know that an asteroid is coming to Earth. We can detect it at least. Um, uh, we can detect it more than a couple of days before it does approach Earth. Mm. So uh, however, nice. it was just certain at that point um, that if it explodes on either one of those two countries, the other country could think uh, that it's a nuclear bomb. And wow. uh, that's, de- that's very dangerous as well. 
Interesting. So now we talk about this. Go that, ahead. Go ahead. Having said all of that, I'm not too worried about asteroids themselves because they're an unlikely event. The problem is that that is my concern. If they were to happen and we got that information, as Imad mentioned, days ahead, we have no defense against them. Wow, that's so true. Now, with that being said, of course, uh, so I'm guessing you can now go ahead, uh, Pujis, and delete your uh, asteroid uh, daily counter. Hopefully, you can <laughs> worry about that one. <laughs> but overall, uh, what I do believe in right now is uh, we should somehow think about this as citizens, as voters. I mean, like, what should we as citizens be concerned about regarding this whole Space Force? Because we already know that the world as it is, Today, we have a lot of problems, and there are right now a lot of, uh, basically, tension already among the U.S., uh, Russia, and many other nations. So, uh, to somehow add salt to injury, we're going to uh, somehow deal with the Space Force problem as well, and how, uh, basically, the voting habits of a certain nation might actually affect humanity in space. So, what are the things that we should be concerned about right now, and could there be any solutions for those? So, let me just move on uh, to Ahmad here. What are the ramifications for us on Earth, basically, as normal, average citizens? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what goes on in space? Of course, and the danger that these conflicts in, up in the space can, can actually cause for us back in Earth. Well, see, look, humanity has been in a state of war for since, since it started. Absolutely. And war never changes. It, war never changes, and I agree. Some people might say that it is the only path to progress. However, there are better ways uh, humanity can collaborate with each other and uh, go towards progress. By Trump announcing a space force and with the purpose that he explicitly stated that it would be to protect U.S.'s interests and it would be um, it would be taking care of a war-fighting domain. And he called space another war-fighting domain. That's creating more and more tensions. If he had... Uh, called it something else. If he had said, we're going to send humans to space, we're going to do more research up in space, we're going to create a space station in, uh, on the moon in collaboration with other countries um, so that uh, we can explore we can explore outer space more, we can understand about our own, um, our own origins, and uh, we can understand more about the universe we live in. That's a better way to phrase it rather than a space force, which is uh, which is to take care of another warfighting domain that has come up, which is space. And that's going to end up becoming more and more, that's going to create more and more tensions. Mm-hmm. We as want away from tension. We don't want more tension in this world. We, we, we know what we're capable of. We know we're capable of killing ourselves uh, many, many times over. And with the president of a country saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to make sure that there's one domain where no one previously said, hey, we're going to fight there. If I say, hey, let's open this up and let's create a possibility of fighting there, that's just inviting more and more trouble. And that's not good for humanity as a whole. Wow. And And that's something... It's, it's so true, but I'm, I don't think this account. problem isn't just limited to uh, fight in space. I mean, let's be honest. If you have something like a space force, let's say you have the U.S. Space Force now, they could definitely also cause damage on Earth, couldn't they? Like, I mean, I have some sort of missiles, some sort of uh, damages on Earth, maybe even laser weapons. Could, like, the space force actually cause havoc on Earth? Because from my perspective... If asteroids are a real threat, so are weapons and, I don't know, laser weapons and laser beams floating on the, in the space somewhere. So do you think that this space force can actually cause problems and uh, invo- get involved with, you know, warfares on Earth? 
that's that's the biggest problem that that I was going to state as well. That um, just like the Air Force, the Air Force not just fights in air with other planes. The Air Force also strikes the ground. So with them going to space as a, another war fighting domain, with them opening that up, they're inviting other countries to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with them doing that, with them politicizing and um, and uh, giving and having more arms in space, other countries are going to do the same to maintain a balance of power. And so that in case of another war, um, let's say let's say two countries have a war, the U.S. is not the only one who's uh, who's attacking with laser beams all the way from space. There's other countries as well, and, and again, that's this proliferation of more arms. Oh my goodness! Um, up another domain, and that's not good for humanity as a whole. It's good. It's good if you're thinking of military progress. It's good if you're thinking of uh, more elaborate weapons. Um, however, there should be a limit to where we go with that versus how we can actually use these things for our benefit. Great point. Let me move on to Pujek. So what are the consequences for the people on Earth and how does Space Force thing could actually pose a threat to the normal people living on Earth? Well, I mean, um, Imad mentioned a lot of good points. Uh, and yes, I'll you know direct arms against Earth is a possibility, but I would be much more concerned if a conflict uh, between two countries in space would actually uh, f- escalate and create conflict between those two countries on Earth. Uh, Earth-based conflicts rise because of a outer space um, conflict that arise uh, arose between those con- two countries initially. So, so yeah, those things can all obviously happen, and uh, definitely there are tensions there. So, I, again, I would agree with the. The, uh, the notion that other countries might take from uh, Trump administration's initiatives, which is um, which are the things that we talked about uh, up until now. But uh, ultimately, um, I think, uh, as you mentioned, what are the responsibilities of the citizens? I mean, yes, we do talk about the day-to-day stuff like, um, you know, um, our jobs, economy, and that's very good. But we need to be able to talk about different stuff, such as this. You know, it was people's votes who put Trump into White House, and well, now he's supposedly representing the people. So, if that's the if if the people have never never thought about this notion, then it's not necessarily their will. It could be, but we just don't know because they didn't think about it. So, when they were voting, this was not an issue that they were thinking about. Wow. So yeah, we definitely sound. So yeah, that's good. We we want to talk about these stuff. We want to talk about a lot of other stuff, and we want to. So another thing, for example, right now, um, uh, we have this thing. Actually, me and Ahmad were uh, uh, chatting about it yesterday. There's this th- this thing called uh, "Don't Let Go Canada." Canada's uh, been reducing its investment in space, um, especially adjusting for inflation uh, through the past ten years, and. Uh, we, we we really want to we have interest in space because as a, as a country Canada is a very large country second land mass to second only to Russia but uh, only 10% of the population of the United States so uh, it, some of the degree of control that Canada has over its country is actually from uh, space technology so so it, the, and these are not really talked about in the in the politics of these uh, these years uh, in Canada so uh, those are the things 
that we, as a as a population, as a civilization, as a people, we need to be concerned about when we're voting for our um, political leader, leaders. Well, so far, I think there's no major threat coming from Canada. I think the only crazy leader in the world right now is actually Donald Trump. So, uh, with that being said, <laughs> I'm guessing that the biggest issue right now is how the United States will deal with uh, the issue of space force. And of course, I'm not sure if uh, let's say there's going to be some changes in the future of administration. I don't think that uh, that will necessarily cancel out a Space Force. And quite frankly, I do not think that Space Force necessarily was Trump's idea. As you already mentioned, of course, uh, Obama yeah, himself yeah. had a plan to actually set – because this this is just a matter of just progress, right? And I don't personally think that Trump was smart enough to actually think of this thing. And I'm almost sure that's not his idea, although he puts his you know aggressive uh, touch on everything. But that does not necessarily mean that if it wasn't for Trump, then the U.S. would not want to somehow expand its interest uh, in the space. But with all of that being said, of course, we don't like tension. And as we know, when things get political – tension arise and one the only place on earth i mean literally i remember once myself whenever i had extra, a very somehow challenging and tough day one of my uh, basically ways to somehow let off steam was to just imagine i'm floating space in total peace and freedom and like there are no sounds and nothing bothers you and now with the space force even that imagination has gone basically because now like dude they're gonna, they're gonna kill each other here as well there's no place you can actually rest and relax. So that is uh, so however, true. However, I, I, I can comfort you there a little because space is really, really big. So if you want to imagine yourself in space, you can go in Andromeda Galaxy and call it <laughs> By the way, is Andromeda a real galaxy or just fictional? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is, is a real galaxy. It's it a real galaxy. Scheduled. Not scheduled, but it is, it is supposed to um, collide with our galaxy, with the Milky Way. Interesting. Um, and how far is it from the Milky Way? Um, uh, many, 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 many light years. Oh, so it's a mean, huge distance, right? Yeah, it's a very huge distance, and it's it's supposed to crash into the Milky Way galaxy in um, billions of years. I think, no, it's actually um, 2.5 million light years away. 2.5 million. And one question, what does it look like if two galaxies collide, like uh, Andromeda and the Milky Way? What happens exactly? For that, uh, it's a very good. It, it would be a very good thing for all of the listeners here to do, uh, which is to go on YouTube and search up "galaxy merging simulations." Oh my go goodness! That have been done by a lot of professors uh, and a lot of universities, uh, where um, they've just simulated what will happen when galaxies uh, merge together, and it's it can be very chaotic. It can be uh, very simple. Those range with a multitude of different factors with regards to galaxies. Interesting. So me and Amad are going to find a good one, a good link, and put it up in the description of this Fantastic. episode. Fantastic. Bravo. So you can actually yeah. go check it out, see what happens if Andromeda and Milky Way gets linked up. Because who cares? I love Mass Effect, and it happens both in Milky Way and Andromeda. So I love it all anyways. <laughs> it's kind of like latte. You mix a coffee and the milk. You just mix them up together. Pretty good stuff. That's like my space, uh, basically, latte. I'm going to enjoy that one. So over Overall, guys, we're running out of time here. Let's try to wrap up the show. Let's start with uh, Pujic. So, Pujic, after all that we talk about space war and space tension, uh, and of course the U.S. Space Force, which is going to basically get started. I'm not sure exactly when. Is is it approved, by the way, by the Senate, or it's still it's still just a, a you know matter of uh, discussion? As far as I know, it's just a matter of discussion, but That's I might right. be wrong. I don't know. Very well. So, uh, let's go for a final comment. How do you wrap up this entire discussion, Pujic? Yeah, I mean, ultimately we. 
We like to talk about space as just fun, but we'd rather not talk about, you know, concerns and fights in space. <laughs> so, so if we can, uh, it's fine to expand our initiatives into space as uh, as this space force supposedly is supposed to do. But we can put a nicer spin to it, as like um, NASA has been doing this for decades, and they're doing a fantastic job. They're inspiring all the nations, all the people on Earth, uh, when they were, for example, the, uh, the, the Apollo era, people, like the most watched program worldwide at the time. Uh, these are amazing uh, phenomena that can happen with expansion of, you know, uh, activities in space, and that's great. But, um, you know, you can you can uh, get people's attention by concern and fights and fear. You can also get uh, people's attention by inspiration, and I would much rather use the inspiration, for sure. Fantastic. So, Ahmad, what is your final thought about this discussion well i'm just gonna sort of reiterate what i've been saying as we've seen with so many different things humanity can achieve so much if they come together and uh, work together we've seen this in the field of medicine we've seen this in the field of industries we've seen this in so many different fields and i think it's very important that humanity comes together as they have been previously in um in exploring space and figuring out uh, in learning from space, in learning about our own origins, and politicizations and sort of creating more tensions uh, or creating things that would lead to more tensions shouldn't be of our primary concern. And this is something we shouldn't do as a humanity um, just because of the progress that we'll be losing um, and the and the peace that we would be losing altogether. What a wonderful discussion, full of Star Wars theory, man. I, I can, I just literally want to start reading some of those uh, nerdy TV series back again, just to see what happens. But overall, that was a very great discussion. I want to thank both you, Ahmad, as well as Pujix, for your great ideas. You're both astrophysicists, so you know what you're talking about, and I really appreciate your thoughts. Thank you, Dan. It's a, it's a pleasure. And of course, to you, our listeners, do you know that the Podbean has actually a very nice app, both on the iOS as well as Android? This way, you can actually be in touch with us. As uh, earlier, Pujix mentioned, a lot of our shows have certain contents that are additional, cer- certain photos, certain materials, certain videos, and certain links that are only available if you access our podcast on directly uh, on btppp.podbean.com or simply download the Podbean app and follow us there as well. So if you want to find all the information, please check out Podbean app for both uh, iOS as well as Android. This is all the time we have for. My name is Daniel Mulgan, and this was Beyond the Present Podcast.